You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. What's up, guys? How's it going? You guys, uh, you doing good? Yeah? <laughs> All right, my name's Ben. I'm one of the campus interns around here. Um, you may have seen me do the offering, you may have seen me do communion, you may have seen me do announcements, but never, never did I expect to be doing the sermon. I mean, come on, like, this is crazy. (laughs) I'm only 21 years old, like, I just learned how to walk, you know, like, and not only am I doing the sermon, I'm actually closing out the series, the entire series, right? (laughs) You're supposed to put the campus intern somewhere in the middle so that everyone forgets, right? But when you think about this series, you're going to be like remembering me and how I messed everything up. So I'm just kidding. I'm just playing, guys. I'm actually really grateful to be up here. I'm so amazingly grateful for the mentorship that I've received from Kenny and Justin and Steve and the love they've put just in my heart. Because I'm simply called to do ministry. And they've mentored me. They've walked me through. I can't believe what God's done in my life intentionally just to bring me here. Um, And I really take preaching from God's word, preaching from the Bible, very seriously. It's an honor. Um, And I thank all of you guys for for being here, for allowing me to to, um, live out the calling God's put in my life. And I love each and every one of you. I want to meet all of you eventually. Um, I know I've met all the campus, but we need to we need to intermingle these ministries, right? We need to get to know each other <laughs> a little bit better. Um, so before I get into it, I'm going to pray. Bow your heads with me. Dear God, I am amazed by you. God, it's amazing your grace. God, I'm so amazed to be here. God, we're all amazed at you. You are God. Lord God, I pray that you would bless um, this message, that it wouldn't be me speaking, but it would be you working through me. God, I pray that everybody's hearts could just be softened to hear what you have to say, God. Father God, I pray encouragement. I pray peace. I pray love over this whole um, congregation so that we can go out and be a light on this world. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, like I said, I'm closing out this series, which has been titled Gifted. So, I think it's up there. Yeah, it should be up there. Um, And we've gone through a lot of things that have to do with gifts. I'm sure you guys might be sick of the word gift. We've said it about a million times in the past 13 weeks. This has been a 13-part series. Isn't that crazy? It's been 13 weeks of this. Um, But we've talked about how our gifts come from God. Kenny hit that on the first one. We've talked about the greatest gift, which was the Holy Spirit. Um, We went through a lot of ideas from GPS, the Gifts Passion Story. Um, You guys may have read the book. I know a lot of us did the survey thing where we found out what specifically God has put in us, what gifts he's given us specifically as created individuals um, to share with the world. And everybody has gifts, right? We had the Gifts Fair where we talked about um, how we can use our individual gifts to give to our specific church. And it was really encouraging to see all the people who uh, were able to go to the tables 
people who don't even come here very often and, and still wanted to serve. Like, there's something in our hearts that, like, really wants to serve, no matter where we are, right? Um, and we had some more topics here and there. Like I said, it's 13 parts. I'm not going to go over all 13. <laughs> Uh, but my, my sermon is going to be titled, Stewards of God's Grace. Stewards of God's Grace. It's an interesting word, the word steward. We often use it with finances, but this comes right from the scripture that I'm going to be going over, which is in 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. So if you all could flip there, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. Before, before I get into reading it, though, this scripture has a lot in it. So I want you to be thinking, what just sticks out? What word, what sentence, what verse, whatever it is, which one sticks out to you? Which one is speaking to you? So I'll read it. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, They should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Isn't that deep? There's a lot there. And I'll admit, when Kenny and Steve gave me this, I was like, whoa, okay, wait a second. There's like 10 sermons in this passage. There's a lot here, right? I could go over the end times. I could go over being alert. I could go over love. I could go over hospitality. You know, the list goes on. Um, But as I took time to pray and go deeper into this passage, and I studied a little bit, I realized that there is actually a unifying um, structure here. And and I looked in some biblical commentaries, and they all kind of agree on the structure. So I kind of put a little list together of all the topics he went through. And the topics that are not highlighted are very specific gifts and abilities um, and dispositions that God has put in people, right? There's love. Some people are better loving than than other people, right? There's hospitality. You know that there's people who are given that gift of hospitality, right? Um, So the ones that are highlighted are kind of general, more broad things. So the one in the middle says whatever gift. Right? It's not a specific gift. Use whatever gift as faithful stewards. So commentaries say this is the point of the scripture. This is the centerpiece. And oftentimes ancient writers would put the center thing at the middle. And the last one is highlighted because it gives the point. What's the point of our gifts? So that God may be praised. Right? So I took those two uh, um, verses and I made it into three points. Because three-point sermons are the best. <laughs> uh, God gives, we receive, and we give. Can you say it with me? God gives, we receive, we give. It's very simple. It's like a circle, too. It's the giving circle. God gives, we receive, we give. All right, let's get into it. 
My first point is giving is a part of God's nature. So that word nature is interesting, isn't it? What does that mean, that giving is a part of God's very nature? It's who he is. So verse 10 says, use whatever gift you have received, right? So God gives. He's a giver. And I just want to bring to your attention just how much God gives. First of all, he is God. He didn't have to create us, right? He made us. He made us to give to us. Think of your heart, your physical heart. He made it so intentionally that it beats every second of every day, and we don't even think about it, right? There is a, uh, a writer who wrote this book called The Book of Giving. Pierce T. Hibbs writes, The ancient breath gift, so he's talking about breathing, the ancient breath gift you hold in your lungs right now, lending oxygen to your bloodstream, was the first gift you received when your body was pushed into the world from the womb of your mother. The breath gift of God's spirit gave you all. It sits beneath you every moment, holding you up like a duck on a pond. I love that imagery. Like, imagine just a duck in a big pond, just sitting there. We're just sitting on top of God's gifts. We just sit there, and we don't even think about it. We forget about it. God sustains us every moment of our life. And that breath is special. In Genesis, it talks about God breathing into the Adamah, the soil, and creating Adam, mankind. It is the ancient breath gift that we breathe every single day as a reminder, as a reminder that God gives us gifts. God is in a perpetual state of giving, but we are in a perpetual state of forgetting. God is in a perpetual state of giving, but we are in a perpetual state of forgetting. Every day we open up our eyes. We open up our eyes and don't even think about the amazement of sight. Isn't that crazy? We can see things. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but it's our reality. Every day we talk with people and we don't think about, it's amazing that sound waves come from our mouth and that this little drum in our ear can change into electrical signals that go to our brain. And then we, It's like, this is a crazy gift that we can communicate with one another. I know for me, it's easy to go throughout my day and sinfully forget about God and his sustaining of my life. Every day we get caught up in school and work, even church. And then we forget those things are a gift in the first place. And then we complain about them, right? We love complaining about the things God gives us. And I'm just as guilty of that as any of you guys are. But far more unjust, far more perverse, far more heartbreaking to God is that we forget the gift of the cross. And the reason that I can say with confidence that it is in God's very nature to give is because the ultimate revelation of God to humankind was the act of giving his life for us. It is in God's nature to give. This leads to my second point. We accept the gift. God gives, we receive. And I know you're probably thinking, as I often do, who am I to take the gift? Who am I? I'm unworthy. I don't deserve it. 
And I just want to pray this over you guys, that Christ knew you were unworthy when he took his life on the cross for us. He knew it. He knew we would go against him. So no matter where you are, no matter how far off, you can accept the gift. If you constantly beat up yourself about things, you can accept the gift. If you're tired and weary like Matthew or like Christ says in Matthew 11, you can accept the gift. If you're hiding in sin, accept the gift. If you're a murderer, if you're a slanderer or you're caught in addiction, it doesn't matter. Christ died for you. You can accept the gift. Again, Christ knew you were unworthy. The gift is for everybody. Amen? The gift is for everybody. This is the good news of the gospel. The gift is for all. So I'm going to confess something real quick. <laughs> Y'all know the love language test thing? <laughs> you know, how there's five love languages. And you can, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go online and look it up. Um, but my, one of my love languages is gifts. It's very fitting, very fitting, right? Uh, do we have any gifts people in here? Anybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's probably more, but no one likes to admit it, right? Because we're, we're shallow. We're very shallow. <laughs> we like, you know, material things. Um, <laughs> so we have this form in our, in the campus ministry called the Encourage My Soul form. And on it, it has your favorite candy, your favorite food, your favorite snack. And it has your birthday, so we can encourage each other when your birthday comes around. Or if someone's having a hard day, you can get them their favorite snack. Um, and I've been getting a lot of shade, okay? I've been getting a lot of shade for my favorite candy. And I don't like it, because I think it's the best candy in the world. Milk duds, everybody, milk duds. Come on. Come on, guys, what's wrong with milk duds? I mean... <laughs> Oh, there's a buzz going around. There's a buzz. <laughs> no, I love milk duds. You know why? Because I love chocolate and caramel. That's why. Chocolate and caramel is the best combo. And some of you guys like Sour Patch Kids. Like, what's up with Sour Patch Kids? I, I hate those things, dude. Those things are terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wow. But <laughs> seriously, I love gifts. I'm going to get these milk duds out of your face. Sorry. I love gifts. But um, I really struggle, I really struggle to accept the gift of the cross. I do. Because I love beating myself up. I love looking at the negative things in my life. I love looking at how I'm struggling or how I'm tired or whatever it is, and it becomes a feedback loop. But the cross breaks the feedback loop. As soon as you accept it, you say, oh, God loves me. So I personally really struggle to accept the gift. And I really want to encourage y'all who are guilty souls or who are far off, feel like you can't, to accept it. But there's another way we reject the gift. And that is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness leaves no room for grace. This is those of us who like to clean the outside of the bowl, right? Jesus challenges that in Matthew 23. But we clean the outside of the bowl to look good on the outside, Right? We do all the religious things. We like to look good for others. We pray. We do all the things, which are not bad things. They're really great things. But when you don't clean the inside of the bowl, right, when you don't clean the inside and you're not pure in your intentions, 
when it brings hubris, if you ever feel any hubris about your religiosity, you have become self-righteous. And I get this way too, don't get me wrong, because sometimes it's really, really easy. It's so much easier to wake up and I'm tired and, I'm, and, and just be like, okay, I'm going to check off the list. I'm going to check off the list so that I can smile when I see my, my fellow church members or whatever it is. But this leaves no room for grace. Why? Because we won't admit that what we've built up, what we have achieved, we did not do. Christ did it. Everything's a gift, remember? We need to humble ourselves and realize that anything we've built up isn't our own. It's all been given. And when I think about my life and the achievements I've made, or you know, I'm about to graduate from Pepperdine, and it, it might be like... <laughs> well, we're not there yet, guys. We have this big project to do. Uh, <laughs> but when I think about all these things that I, I've done, right, it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, I did that. But all of it was given. I mean, I was born into a family that had enough money so that I could go to college in the first place, right? I went to a good school. I was born in Roseville, California. For those of you in the Sacramento area, let's go sack. But, yeah, I was born there, and it was really safe. It was really safe. It was, uh, it had a great education, my high school, all that. So I, I didn't choose all this. It was all a gift. It was all a gift. Everything that we build up is not our own. Everything we have is from God. Everything. Amen? All right. Got one more point. We give. God gives. We receive. We give, right? Um, so yeah. What do you do when you accept God's gifts? You steward them. And that's where that word steward comes in, right? So to bring it back to the scripture, that word steward is the natural reaction to receiving. And I've been talking about how everything's a gift. But this scripture is talking about specific gifts and abilities and dispositions that we've been given by God. So, for example, it says if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And speech is one of those natural gifts and abilities that God kind of endows people with. And that's just one example. But he gives a big list of them in the scripture. So I want to take this opportunity, um, doing the sermon, to share a little bit about uh, my own life and story. Just a little bit. Um, yeah, so you may have seen me playing guitar up here uh, before. So musical ability and and uh, talent is, has been given to me by God. Um, it's funny because no one in my family has any musical talent. <laughs> uh, I can't think of one. I think my grandpa might have, but I don't know. I think it's just a myth. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, God has endowed me with musical gifts. I played piano when I was a kid, when I was younger, um, and I loved it. I played the trombone, and I picked the trombone simply because it has a slide. Like, I think that's epic. You're just like, that's super cool. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I played the bass guitar because it was a bass instrument, like the trombone. And then I played the guitar. Um, so, yeah, when I, decided, when I first took my faith seriously in high school, when I started to pursue God, I really looked up to the worship musicians. And my church uh, back home was this big, crazy church. Um, if you all know Lincoln Brewster, he's like the guitar guy. He was our worship uh worship pastor, and um, so I looked up to those guys. I, I wanted to be like them, 
And I was pretty young, so I decided to pursue music, uh, worship ministry as my career when um, I was only a sophomore in high school. And I practiced away. I mean, I went at it. All of my chops are from like that summer when I decided I wanted to do music. Uh, some days I practiced eight hours. It was crazy. And I really adopted this belief, which I still think is true, that if you work really hard, you can achieve greatness at whatever it is. And I looked, I, I love that uh, re- the research shows that if you put 10,000 hours into anything, you can become a master at that thing. Um, the problem was, though, that's not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy. It wasn't healthy for me spiritually, at least, as just a young baby, baby Christian. I got very prideful, very prideful. I didn't realize that pursuing worship ministry could be something you could be prideful about, right? Pursuit of my own glory instead of God's was ungodly. Here's the point. I thought I was using God's gift for my for God's glory, but I was really using it for my own. And every mature worship musician, pastor, anyone who who ends up up here knows they know the temptation. They know that there's a temptation to seek glory for yourself. It's real, it's there. Right? But there's also a great need. Right? We we need worship. We worshiping God through music is biblical. It is godly to sing together as a congregation. So there's this need and this temptation. And there's tension there. What do you do? You wrestle with it. You wrestle with it. You pray about it daily. You look at scriptures about pride. You think about it so that it doesn't leave your mind, and then all of a sudden you're pursuing your own glory instead of God's, right? And it doesn't just have to be anyone up here. It can be wherever you are serving in the church, right? Even if you're picking up chairs, it feels good to get a pat on the back, right? It feels good to get that that recognition. Guys, we have to be mature enough to realize where we seek glory. Where in your life do you seek glory? Do you know how you tend to seek your own glory? Do you know? Does your spouse know? Do your friends know? Does your small group know? Do your kids, your parents, do the people around you, are they aware of your dispositions, right? Because we're humans. We're humans and we love seeking our own glory and we love glorifying other humans, right? But the scripture says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Right. We can be a church that seeks God's glory. Right. What would that look like if everyone in this church was united as one body seeking God's glory together. There was nothing in between that. That's what Peter's talking about, guys. We can be a church that does that. Amen? Amen? All right. So we're going to go into the communion discussion. So around here, before we do communion, if you're new, we like to discuss some questions uh, with your, our neighbor. Because what's the point of communion? To commune together, Right. So um, go ahead and turn to your neighbor and, and discuss these questions. We've gone through the whole series, but do you know your gifts and strengths? Can you list them off? Like, this is one of them, this is one of them, this is one. It's good to know your gifts. Have you been using and cultivating them? 
And have you been using them for God's glory or your own? So, okay, again, we have like about five minutes. Go turn to your neighbor and discuss these questions. All right, I just have a short scripture to share before we go into communion. It's later in the, in the same chapter, 1 Peter 4, 19. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Pray with me. Dear God, we love you so much, God. And I pray that this time of communion can be a way for us all to um, accept the gift, to really remember what you've done for us, God. That no matter where we are, we can accept you, God. And, and let this time of communion be a reminder that, um, that you've already died, that there's nothing we can do to change that, God, but you still accept us. I love you. To Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.